tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops. Our bodies are working overtime. It's man against man. And all that ever matters is, baby, who's ahead of the game? Funny, but it's always the same. We're playing, playing with the boys. Hey, 22. 11. Whatever half of 22 is. Damn it! (laughs) Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This is our 125th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. That's W-O-B-A-M Entertainment. Tonight, in the second entry of our Hops and Sports Ball Flop series, we are headed to paradise. It's the sun, the sand, and the dental floss bikinis of Hermosa Beach with the volleyball classic, Side Out. And for tonight, along with me, are the man who bets on horses, not apes, Chumpzilla. I'm sorry for the rest of the pod. I have to ask you to refer to me as King of the Beach. Thank you very much. You are not the King of the Beach. That is a title that's earned, not just bestowed. Uh, And we also have the proprietor of the finest tour of the Dead Stars attraction in California, Mayor McCheese. Nice hit, cheese dick. Uh, That's one of the great trash talk quotes, Mayor McCheese, which I'm glad you brought it up. And it will be one of our chime-ins for our quiz later. (laughs) Which is the King of the Beach Challenge. So then, Chumpzilla, you may earn the title, King of the okay. Beach. Okay, the H is O, folks. The H yeah. is O. So points of order. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Beal Flops. You can find myself when I'm not uh, breaking my teammate's arm at Writer TLK. Chumpzilla, where can they find you? You can find me flopping around in the sand on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. And uh, Mayor McCheese, when you're not uh, having romantic interludes and having people <laughs> rub ice on your chest, where, where can they find you? Now, you guys know me. So when I'm not eating that classic one foot by two foot Little Caesars flat pizza that is shown in the movie, I am at HBOF McCheese. I believe it was called the Bigfoot. <laughs> God damn it. Was that Pizza Hut though? Hold on. Maybe that was maybe that was Pizza, but they both had one that was the same exact pizza style. Yeah. Um, It was like what's now considered a quote unquote Detroit pizza, which is literally like two foot long by one foot wide square. Which is just the guy who got his dick blown off in Robocop. That's the Detroit pizza. (laughs) Uh so let's talk beer. Tonight we are drinking Pizza Port Brewing Company's California Honey Blonde Ale. It clocks in at a very not Captain Cash approved 4.8% ABV and is pale straw in color with fruit, ester, aromas, and flavors of honey. It has a crisp, clean finish. Um, This is a California movie. This is a California beer. They shot this movie in many locations that are actually in California, like Hermosa Beach and Manhattan Beach. So I chose a San Diego beer company. I felt it was fitting as nobody plays beach volleyball where we live <laughs> or if they do it's not really beach volleyball 
Oh, you back the fuck off. Up here in Cleveland, Ohio, we play a ton. We have one beach volleyball court, I think, maybe. Yeah, I thought the weirdest thing about living in the Great White North was that, like, all throughout Wisconsin and Minnesota, like, every church had a sand volleyball pit out back. Oh, when I lived in Chicago, it was the shit. Like, there was yeah. an entire stretch of beach that was just beach volleyball. And I went there and I was like, no, nah, these are not my people. I'm no. not going to fit in here. I don't yeah, like and, sand. Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Anakin. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's course. Anakin. I don't like um, it. So I just think it's very appropriate, <clears throat> Thunderous Wizard, that you picked a pale blonde beer for this movie, which pretty much describes most of the cast and the extras. Yep. Yep. Everybody yep. in this movie is white except for Tony Burton. Yep. <laughs> who uh you get a guy at the cab at the very beginning who has yes. lines. Yeah. Well, also, that's it. That's also, about it. Also with Tony, you get him in like a half second where he's the bartender, but also then he's everyone's best friend and cheerleader out of nowhere. Like there's no development. Uh, he seems I, very nice. All he, I oh, yeah, no, he's great. was say at some point during the final, throw the damn towel. <laughs> that was it. That's all I wanted. <laughs> I mean, if maybe if there's a director's or extra DVD cut of this, there's some outtakes of him screaming that at random points because that'd be worth it. So... For this beer, I like it. Pretty dry, pretty drinkable. I'd give it three out of three movies. It's light. Uh, it's a good pizza port beer. If you're ever in San Diego, go to pizza port. Good pizza, good beers. Um, Excellent. On to Side Out. It was directed by Peter Israelson. It was his directorial debut and only feature film. Uh, he was apparently a prolific music video director, uh, which will be part of the quiz later. Side Out stars... Peter Children of the Corn Horton is Zach Barnes. Uh, C. Greaser Thomas Howell as Monroe Clark. Courtney, I convinced audiences I'd actually marry Jim Belushi, Thorne Smith as Samantha. Harley, Arachnophobia Jane Kozak as Kate Jacobs. Tony, throw the damn towel. Burton as Louie. Terry, weakened at Bernie's Kaiser, which is my favorite part of the movie, really, as Uncle Max. <laughs> And of course, you have the duo's beach volleyball foils, Sinjin Smith and Randy Stoklos as Billy and Rolo. And yes, those are real volleyball players. Basically, everybody they play in this movie are real volleyball players. As, as a sidebar here, audience, before we started the pod, I had to ask TW because I literally just watched this movie. I was like, there's no way Uncle Max is the dead guy, Bernie, from Weekend at Bernie's. And he is. And that really solidified in my brain the whole time i'm like i know that guy i know he he's from something i know he's from something he looks exactly like he's from something so really it's very confusing because he has lines in this movie <laughs> <laughs> i mean they, they it's could the have actually, they it's could have actually dragged him around and he would have almost done the same i mean it, it's skeezy dick bag lawyer isn't terribly hard to portray it so. is the prequel because he is just like a lawyer that works for slum lords and is a terrible guy. It's not like beyond like belief that someone would murder him and then carry him around at his vacation home on the beach. Yeah. I feel like the guys, the, the producer director of weekend at Bernie's saw side out and said, Hey, I've got an idea. So this might actually link into my one sentence because I'm going to use my one sentence to describe this movie as a prequel to something else, but focused around Monroe. But this could also be a prequel to Weekend at Bernie's. 
Oh, 100%. Uh, so this opened in March of 1990. It grossed $450,000. <laughs> American dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Re-actual physical yeah. monies. None of that Canadian funny money. Yeah. <laughs> On a budget of six million, I guess its myriad of product placements basically paid off the movie. But it still could not save Aurora Productions from bankruptcy. This was their final film. And where do you where do you spend the six million? Uh Oh, <laughs> the soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack. Yeah, I, I imagine now that makes sense. I think two million went to Kenny Loggins for playing with the boys. I would think. But how would you guys describe this film in one sentence? We'll start with you, Chumpsilla. This is the second most homoerotic volleyball movie I've ever seen with Kenny Loggins on the soundtrack. <laughs> it's definitely way less homoerotic than Top Gun. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, there's only two of those films that fit that description. So this is the second most, a distant it. second, but second. Pretty yes. much it. Uh, McCheese. Again, not really a description, but I'd like this. After one big beach volleyball win in LA, Monroe Clark moves to New York City to rediscover lawyering in the form of mergers and acquisitions at Pierce and Pierce when he changes his name to Patrick Bateman. Yes, I like that. Um, because at least in the first half of the movie, he seems like he could be a fucking serial killer. <laughs> yeah, he's a total weirdo. Uh, which fits right into my one sentence, which is, this is the greatest beach volleyball movie ever made, but also exhibit A as to why C. Thomas Howell was never going to be an A-list leading man. Because he is anti-charismatic in this movie. <laughs> he's like awful. He sucks. Yeah. It, the funny thing about that is to to Mary McCheese's point too. It works in the beginning when he's trying to be a tough guy and and you know file people or uh, serve people that is their eviction papers. So it kind of works. He's struggling and not so likable in that role because he's doing unlikable things. And then at no point after that does he ever turn on the charm. Yeah, that, that I guess that's the one big loss when we were talking T Dubs about why this isn't like I, I like this movie, but like why it didn't knock it out of the park for me. There has to be some sort of character development moment where he goes from ass bag to likable beach volleyball dude. And I'm, I know it's supposed to be the courtroom scene where all of a sudden he's a super lawyer, but there's no segue between him being a total dick and then all of a sudden be a beach volleyball star. It never happens. Never, ever, ever happens. So the actual description of this movie is a law student comes to California for the summer and ends up playing professional volleyball. That, in a nutshell, is the movie. And if you feel like that sounds like an awesome time, which it is, this movie is available to rent for basically $2.99 across platforms. Hey, and you know what? For an extra 20 bucks, Mary Cheese will take you out back and show you where Charlie Sheen buries his dead hookers. Yeah, none of them and can not- survive uh, the tiger's blood. Not too strong. Yeah, too, too strong. Too strong. Not even Tony the Tiger could survive it. What, what about the Tiger King? He'd survive it, but, you know, he'd come out the worst for the wear. Drove him mad, some would say. <laughs> so that is going to get us into the plot. Uh, side out revolves around Monroe Clark, a former Allstate Hooper or basketball player who's in California to intern for his Uncle Max. That's Bernie. Uh, before we meet his uncle, Monroe runs into Wiley Hunter, the proprietor of a tour of the Dead Stars. He drives a hearse, fittingly. I'm jumping 100% in here. 
I like how they don't put any sort of writing effort into this. He's just, one's a weird guy at the airport. The other one is a guy at the airport who gets scammed into a ride and now they're best friends for life. Can we, there's a better question here. Would any random person at the airport just get into a hearse with a fucking wackadoo Who's like, um, hey, come tour grave sites with me. It is the like, 1990s. That's his whole business model. It is the 1990s, and he did have the actual taxi sign on top of his creepy hearse. But, like, how do you just show up at the airport, like, hey, you, you want to get in my hearse? No, it's. Yeah, sure, uh, dude. Yeah, I'd no. love to. It's, I mean, I, I, guess, I tell you what, I, the only hearse I'm riding in California is Garrison. That guy was a stud. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, anyway oh no no so we're, no one's getting into the goddamn creepo hearse i mean maybe 1990s la was a different place because everyone was on the beach playing volleyball but even still seemingly well, people did two things in 1990s la they played beach volleyball or they wore really well no, three things uh wore really thin bikinis or roller skated or bladed in like basically what you consider to be like a synchronized like an ice skating performance there's a lot of things happening here that's like no 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 i just noticed a severe lack of fisher stevens sketching in this movie oh my god that adds a whole new wrinkle he's on the east coast in new york where things are 100 different but imagine if he tries to kidnap monroe at some point and comes like he's he's sketching along the hearse to kidnap Monroe. Because what you're not what you're not identifying in this movie life is that on the East Coast there's nights. And in LA, according to this movie, the sun never fucking sets and they can work out all the time. Now there's Baywatch. <laughs> yeah, it's basically Alaska. There's, uh, there's Baywatch nights, but that's get, when vampires get, come out. Get so. out of here. <laughs> all right. So, anyways, Wiley fortuitously tells Monroe to find him at Hermosa Beach. Anyway, let's go back to Uncle Max. Max is a stereotypical sleazy lawyer who essentially aids slumlords in their malpractice. He tasks Monroe with handing out eviction notices, which is how he meets the legendary and former king of the beach, Zach Barnes. (laughs) Zach gives him the slip, but because Monroe's at the beach, he runs into Wiley and they have an impromptu volleyball match with some pros because... Sure. Why? Why not? Doesn't is that what people do? <laughs> well, like he used to play basketball, so that pretty much explains it away. Like I can jump, therefore I can, I can play volleyball. There's also this like yeah. we don't get. If they would have put five more minutes into explaining Wiley's background, I would have bought in because everyone fucking knows him. Like he's somewhat a lovable character. So like maybe he's like some sort of volleyball washout and that's how he gets to like randomly get these games against the pros. Cause they're like, whatever it's Wiley. We'll just beat his ass. And okay. But they give us nothing other than the fact that like everyone knows why, like even when they announce him at the one tournament, they're like, and Wiley. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of interesting. Like he's like the mascot, like he clearly isn't going to beat anyone. Uh, but they all know him and they all sort of entertain his idiocy. Yeah. I would, I would have appreciated five more minutes of like, why is Wiley a thing? And then I would like, again, I don't dislike Wiley, but give me a little explanation. It's also at this juncture 
where it felt like it would have helped the film if somehow Monroe had like fallen in love with beach volleyball. Like he saw it and he's like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And talked to Wiley about it. Well, I was like, Oh yeah, there's this big tournament and blah, 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 blah. He's like, Oh man, I used to play basketball. Like I've always wanted to try volleyball. It just looks, you know, some sort of interest in it, you know, instead of just being like, Oh, Hey, you want to get a game? No, but instead we get this like random bell ringer where he sees the chick in the ocean that brings his briefcase out and we automatically know like, all right, this is going to come back later. Yeah. So he's he's fallen in love with the beach. It's so 90s. Yeah. When she (laughs) emerges from the ocean with his briefcase, it's like, oh, you're hot. Like, of course, (laughs) this is a thing. Oh, you're on Melrose Place. Why not? Uh, At this point, I just have to recommend before my recommendation uh, Courtney Thorne Smith was in this really terrible movie with Carrot Top called Chairman of the Board. And there's a great leg night segment with, <laughs> with the phenomenal Norm MacDonald, who just passed away, rest in peace, where he makes fun of said movie. And you should watch that immediately. But um, Monroe and Wiley obviously get their asses kicked. And late and covered in sand, Monroe attempts to lie to his uncle about why he failed to deliver all the eviction notices. And his uncle sends him back out to give out one notice to Zach Barnes because that guy's sitting on a gold mine and we got to get him out. Long story short, as I said, Zach was once the king of the beach, but now he's a degenerate gambler. Monroe is finally able to serve him while also hitting on Samantha. Uh, There's a thing there, which we just mentioned. Uh, It becomes more of a thing. It's always weird. A lot of 90s music or late 80s music it's it's something (laughs) that's the easiest way to put it it's a thing that happens what's confusing is that like this movie bounces between relatively good 90s music to completely obscure to just instrumentals oh it ping pongs between the two like it's it's either really cheesy music and then the kenny Loggins drop which is like holy shit like what well, we get like a we get a B-52's one-off, not a song that's anywhere near famous. And then there's, isn't there a, like a Whitney Houston song somewhere dropped in here? And then again, everything else that isn't one of these like kind of random montages is just instrumental. <laughs> yeah, and the instrumental stuff sounds like it's straight from a Sega Genesis game. Let's just well, it's not it, particularly yeah. inspired. Oh, it reminds me of the. It reminds me of the steel drums from fucking Commando. <laughs> uh, first of all, Commando stole its music from Forty Eight Hours, which is one of my favorite things about Commando. They're just like, you know what? We're way more badass than you. We're just gonna steal your music. <laughs> like, Did Forty Eight Hours just use steel drums the whole time? Oh yeah, do 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 It's the same. Yeah, it's the same friggin' music. Oh, it's good anyways. to know. So it's not particularly important the Sam and uh, Monroe thing. I mean, yeah, they're not they're gonna knock boots and whatnot, but <laughs> it it is what it is. So long story short, Monroe and Wiley. Uh, now that Monroe has the beach volleyball bug, decide to team up for a tournament. Uh, Barnes, as a spiteful maneuver against his ex gal Kate, offers to coach them. Now this is where the movie really kicks off for me. It's awesome from here on out. It's just incredible. That is until Monroe and Wiley play Rolo's team in an impromptu match at Barnes's behest because Barnes is a gambling man. He can't resist pitting his new team against the best team in in the state or country. 
I don't understand why, but. Would you say he's the Michael Jordan of beach volleyball, a fierce competitor and a uncontrollable gambler and a degenerate gambler, which. Yeah, but he's not a, he's not a fierce competitor until he's forced to be in the tournament. Dude. If you slander Zach Barnes again, don't ever (laughs) tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you saw him play one volleyball match before the main tournament. The guy had some problems, but once he plays, it's like, it's magic. It's poetry in motion. I dare you to name a better sports movie performance. <laughs> I dare you. I'm not. I'm not even. You can't. Go. I'm not going to go that can't. far because this is this is essentially the the guy who wagers too much money and then realizes he has a heart story. So first, first of all, this this movie and obviously White Men Can't Jump is a better movie than this. It's the same movie, and that came out later in this. But Woody Harrelson's a degenerate gambler who. <laughs> actually plays basketball with a guy who plays basketball but it follows fairly it's like the proto like side out even though woody harrelson is in two better sports movies than this white man can't jump in kingpin (laughs) (laughs) i'll give barnes this and white man can't jump some credit he might not be the, the his performance might not be the best i've seen in a sports movie but that might be the best hair I've seen in the sports the, movie. It is real good hair. His hair is wow. magnificent. I am um, jealous. So, anyways, of course, Zach Barnes doesn't show because he's shacking up with Kate, who I think this was sort of premeditated on her part. But Wiley ends up getting hurt because Monroe's a huge dick. Yeah, what was that? I, you know, I mean, could you imagine him being an all-state basketball player because he's the worst. I mean, did he have to break the guy's arm in such a like a rough and like almost bully like fashion? Like he was frustrated with Wiley's play, so he just like checks him into the lifeguard stand. He's essentially snaps his forearm for someone who started beach volleyball two and a half weeks before this game. He's taking it way too seriously. My point is, it's not like it's it's not like it's an accident, like a sporting accident where Wiley like twists his ankle or trips and falls. Literally, he gets like Monroe just he hip checks gets, him, gets frustrated with his teammate, takes it out on him physically, and knocks him into the into a wooden lifeguard stand and snaps his forearm. Yeah, he hip checks him, just, and then was like, malicious. "I called for it." It's malicious. It's the only. It. It's the only point in the movie where I think Rolo's not a dickbag because he's like, "Dude, what the fuck? Like, I'm the <laughs> asshole, and you just hurt your teammate. <laughs> like, what? I'm the guy who tells my teammate." You don't miss plays, and you just like literally check the guy into the into the into the like the side. Now, to I'm questioning this, but to the movie's defense, Wiley seems okay with it for the most part. Well, that's a good question because it's not one of my questions. Would you forgive Monroe? Mm. I would. I would. Uh, it would take a pretty solid apology not. from him. I mean, like, are you talking was... about? Are you talking about me or Wiley the character? Well, yeah, should Wiley, I mean, at least make Monroe sell like 150 of your maps of the dead people. Like he yeah, just kind of is like, all right, let's go. I'm going to quit my day job to help train you now. Yeah, I mean, make, him, make him do something because he like, it, yeah, it's not fully vetted or explained, but he's his lifeline into this L.A. beach volleyball like community and his payback is to get his fucking arm shattered in a game that means nothing in a game that literally means nothing so 
This, of course, causes a fight between Zach and Monroe. Uh, and then they go to court. Uncle Max says, hey, all right, here's your shining moment. You're going to be a dick just like I am. But instead, Monroe finds his conscience. He finds a loophole. He wasn't given a 30-day notice about his rent increase, and therefore they cannot evict him. Uncle Max, furious and very near being murdered at this point, and then going on vacation with Jonathan Silverman and uh, Andrew McCarthy, gives him the boot. It's all very believable and relatable, believe me. Like, this is what lawyers do. They always find their conscience. Nobody cares about money in America. And uh, everybody's good, good, good. So this is the part of the movie where my brain got a little upset. Because if this property was so valuable for development and they needed to get Barnes out, knowing that he's a degenerate gambler, knowing that he's down his luck because he's behind on his rent and effectively a beach bum, why wouldn't they just offer him some nominal amount of money to get him out of the way? Yeah, or I just think they could have bought him off a, for like 10 grand. That's a very good question. Not even or, that. Just be yeah. like, hey, hey, we'll, yeah. we'll eliminate your current outstanding debt yeah. and pay the debt tomorrow. Yeah, yeah here's, te- here's 10 grand and we found you an apartment across town. You no, I, I don't want to get too deep into his debt because that is one of my questions later. But honestly, it's like, hey, this guy showed up to basically kill you. We'll just pay your we'll just pay your debt. Is that cool? Like yeah, and your and your back rent. We'll just we'll call yeah. it a wash if you move out. There. Yeah, it's everything. It's cool. Like uh, we're gonna be sitting on millions of dollars. We'll help you out. But you know, who knows? Yeah, whatever. Uh, the movie has to go on. Yeah. Yeah. So Monroe, he's now homeless, like Zach Barnes would have been, is approached by Barnes. Enter the Jose Cuervo classic. Also sponsored by MetLife, if you pay attention yeah. to the ad banners. Also, also <laughs> sponsored by Massimo and <laughs> Little Caesars and Banana Boat and <laughs> Pepsi. Yeah. Uh, and from here, again, it's movie magic. We've got training. We've got montages. We've got an appropriately 90 sex scene with the ice uh, and the tournament, which is full of close-up butt shots and neon clothing items. It's the most incredible sports contest ever put to film. I love every second of it. Oh, and who could forget the glory of Pete, Peter Horton's sweaty hair, which we've mentioned. Just majestic. It's it's unmatched. It's like watching a like a prestige racehorse running in its prime, watching Peter Horton play beach volleyball. Like if 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 you put a jockey on his back and he raced Seabiscuit, I'd pick Peter Horton. That's how the majesty of his mane. That's how awesome it is. I'm never betting against Toby Maguire. Well, I'm not gonna yeah. lie, the, the dude has fantastic hair. I mean, it's it's puffed, it's quaffed, it's whatever it's, you it's whatever terms you use. I mean, that is some it's classic LA hair. It's some it's solid so, salad. It's so good. It's, it, I mean, it's 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 kind of sad that he never got to the level of stardom where him and Swayze started the movie I, in I this era because they would have a hair off. <laughs> what if you had him, Swayze, and Kurt Russell, oh my God. it's oh like the universe God. just implodes. If you put the three of them in like a bank robbing movie, I'd be like, I'm on their side. They oh, yeah. can rob like, whatever they oh, want. Oh, can Look we get Val Kilmer? They are. Can we get Val Kilmer from Heat? Okay, yes. This is now, this is <laughs> this is the convection point. It's over. Everything's going to explode. This is how Marvel <laughs> should have done the Avengers before they actually did it yeah. right the first time. And throw in Clancy Brown and I'm sold. For sure, he's their handler. 
Yeah. I'm just telling you, he's operating on another plane of 90s rugged handsomeness throughout this entire film. It's not even like they would stick up the bank. They would just walk in and do that head sway thing and all the women would be like, here's the money. Just take it all. Why wear masks? Why wear masks (laughs) when people will just willingly give you the vault? It's kind of like that shimmer that Superman has. No one can really yep. remember what their <laughs> yep. features were. Like, they were like angels. I don't. I don't know. They just kind of glow. We got all robbed of- by four blonde angels. I don't know what to tell you, officer. <laughs> all I know is he smelled of Jose Cuervo and, and MGD. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> and now I have a MetLife life <laughs> cool water. <laughs> and he left a trail of sand. But what is? Where's that going to lead you? I don't know. Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah. This is now the sixth bank that the money is gone and it's been replaced by volleyballs. Yeah, it's just been replaced with Massimo shorts. <laughs> the car. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so the big moment of drama during all this tournament is that Kate attempting to honey dick Zach Barnes into throwing the final because that's what he did. He ran out on her to avoid actually throwing the final because he was knee deep in gambling debts. He is, is he going to show up? Is he not going to show up? She has everything riding on Rolo Vincent. He's supposed to be the king of the beach. High tension, lots of drama. Yeah, and during this, again, we we get that dip into Monroe just being, like, he had come up, I had liked him, and then all of a sudden, the second he didn't think that Zach was going to show up, he started acting like an asshole again. I've never rooted for a person to throw a sporting contest more than Zach Barnes when Monroe was like, you're, you're bloated, old man. It's like, fuck you. You wouldn't even be here without him. Yeah, you stink. Like, you're a fucking three-weeker rookie. Get out of here. Dude, come so, on. Yeah, his, from Milwaukee. Like, get off his back, dude. Yeah, you were shooting mid-range jump shots in the gym in Milwaukee, you know, three weeks ago. Chill out. Um. But no, I'm trying to understand where does that weird competitive streak come from? Like, again, to Mary McCheese's point, there's no like character development there. That's not really part of his personality per se. But man, like in his two big volleyball scenes, he just turns into a total dick. I think that this, his entire like persona in this film is based upon his regrets for being Soul Man and for, <laughs> and for playing Pony Boy in the outsiders where he's such a little bitch he's so angry still (laughs) not being able to contribute to the rumble that he's just mean to everyone i mean uh, that actually kind of makes sense yeah they cast the right guy to give that aura if you will i was half expecting him at one point to just yell at peter horton what you looking at honky like he does in (laughs) so like he does in so that's probably that's probably in one of the uh, you know listeners. Scenes. If you've <clears throat> ever seen Soul Man, it's perhaps the most insensitive movie of the 1980s. You know, if we ever do like an infamous flops series, that should probably be on there because when people talk about oh, you couldn't make that movie today, no, really, you could not make that movie today. It it's, is that offensive. It's more of you shouldn't have made that movie ever, <laughs> yeah. ever. So. So while we're early in the questioning phase of this, I want to ask it now. When they come back, I mean, are we at that point? And we're at that point, right? We're talking about the final match. We're in the final match. Yeah, we're in the final match. Oh, my God. The glory, the splendor, the spectacle. Okay. Explain the final match until they get to their 
Okay, we're so even point, and then I want to ask my question. There's a lot of math that doesn't make sense in this final match. Oh, God, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm not sure of how many side outs happened because, listeners, in volleyball, you can only score on your serve. So I'm not sure how many side outs happened, but clearly the game was very close to over. And they're playing, mind you, the best team in the United States. And they mount a furious comeback. Uh, it's incredible. They win. Um, Barnes doesn't do the wrong thing and there's so much slow-mo screaming and celebrations and Monroe's final shot which is probably your question cannot be legal I don't think it's a legal shot no I mean it's bump set spike you can't you can't have your hand on the ball for more than that like one second of contact or even a foot which they do earlier in the movie like I'm willing only, to you can only touch it. it. You can't hold yeah, the ball. I'm, yeah. I'm willing to forgive it because Rolo trips him at one point in the match, which it's is true. a real shit move. So so listeners, if you're confused of what we're trying to describe here, he effectively what you would call in basketball, he he, he commits a carry. He, he does like a lay. Yeah, he, 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 does a carry, he carries it's the a, ball over the net yeah. instead of tapping it over that. He he kind of palms it and, and rotates yeah. his hand. The climax of the final point of the most major match in the whole thing, he does an illegal move that everyone's just like, doesn't matter, movie magic. And again, this movie lacks something that is a standard cliche in this the underdog or rookie sports movies. He doesn't have a gimmick. He doesn't have a, a shot that he does. There's no like, oh, he was a basketball player, so he does a basketball There's thing. No, I guess yeah. you could say this is sort of a, sort of a basketball-like move, but... It's not like he does it before this time. It's not like Happy no, Gilmore yeah. where he lines up his drives like a hockey player or where it's like Jimmy Chitwood's got like a thing. Like he Jimmy doesn't have Dugan a thing. Shake and bake. Yeah, it's just, you know, yeah, there's just there. the knuckle puck. Um, yeah, oh, just, yeah. yeah it, it just work. it just yeah. lacks it. They just play generic volleyball. And, um, and it doesn't really end on a cool, like a cool like kill or uh, you oh, know, well, spike or something. Zach Barnes gets the spike. It's cool. I, I, I actually appreciate that the good volleyball player gets the win. And that's one, fair. That's a good point. That's a good point. I'll give you credit there. One of the interesting things about this movie is that they train like for six months to basically play real volleyball. There's multiple cameras. Like the games are like, are actually competently played volleyball games because there was no special effects and stuff like that back then. But the big giveaway is that like the pros don't serve like pros. They serve as if you're in gym class. It's yeah. Like, it's like, uh, yeah, that's not how like pros serve, but like Peter Horton was a good volleyball player. So he described this movie as like basically being on vacation because he had played volleyball most of his life. But you can tell like C. Thomas Howell can't actually spike throughout most <laughs> yeah. of the movie. So here's the hypothetical I was going to ask earlier. Would you have liked this movie more if when they go 13 to 13, uh, Monroe, C. Thomas Howell, snaps his fucking ankle and Zach wins it alone. Well, yeah, I actually have another question <laughs> about how what could like make this movie better. But if Tony Burton comes off, he like takes oh, his off, and snap. he plays. I'm in on that. I hate Monroe. Well, I mean, he I does own Monroe. he does own a volleyball themed bar, so you have to think exactly. Like the man knows how to play. Like he's probably got some chops. He also trained Rocky in Siberia, so like. Again, you know, like I mean, in my time, now that that now that is a montage. The guy can handle the elements. 
in the top right. five right. things I like it in the top five things I like about this movie, the the actual the scene where Monroe and the chick are talking outside the bar and they show the bar. I love the fact that it is literally a volleyball themed bar and it has two people tossing the ball back and over the net. <laughs> it's, it's a great it's neon. Something. It's ridiculous. Um, so let's wrap up this plot. How many beers do you think are required to watch this movie? I can just tell you there's no beers required. All you need is some Jose Cuervo. <laughs> and uh, MetLife, MetLife Life Insurance. Yeah. And some Little Caesars. Yeah. Little Caesars and some Little pizza. Caesars. This movie is fantastic. I've loved this movie my entire life since I probably saw it on some random cable station. I have tracked it ever since. I own it. I've owned it in multiple formats. I love this movie. But if you're normal, probably four bears. <laughs> probably four. <laughs> I was about to say, it clocks, we didn't do it at the beginning, but it clocks in at about, what, an hour and 30 or an hour and 40? It's like an yeah, hour, hour 40, 40 something, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, it it seems long for a sports ball movie, especially since they don't flush out several different ideas and concepts that could have been beneficial. I mean, my gut is one pain, two enjoyment, maybe three. I'm right yes, in the same, I'm, I'm in the same wheelhouse. Give it three. I'm in the same wheelhouse as you. It's a three to four beer movie. One of them's definitely pain just to deal with the ridiculousness. Yes. And the rest are, bro. Yeah. The rest are the enjoyment. The only thing I actually didn't like is how fast they just fast forwarded through the entire main tournament. Other than that, there was the first game and the last game and everything between was just a fast forward montage of bump set spikes. Lucky shot, Monroe. I the, love when they beat Moot Hart and Abramovich. Oh, the other thing I didn't get to mention, and I'm cutting you off here, Chumpzilla, on your beer ranking. Why is it, you know, I, I referenced the nice shot cheese dick, but during that same match, if you listen the whole time, they're trying to predict um, Zach's shots by saying, watch his hair, watch his hair. And I'm so confused about how that has anything to do with volleyball. <laughs> I think that's more to do with, like, they're just so entranced by it. <laughs> Like they, they can't take their eyes off his hair. It's that. It's just that appealing. The, the other thing they yell, and this maybe this should fall into after the break, but the other thing they yell in all these matches is every time someone goes up for a spike, they're like, there's no one. There's no one. And I'm like, there, there's two people, clearly. Back, back, back. No one, no one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know enough about volleyball to know if these are normal things you should yell. I'm pretty sure watch his hair is not one of them. But I don't know if it's there's no one is a spike thing that you're supposed to hit well, towards the you're no looking one for part. Open space. No touch, ref. No touch. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, before, sorry, Chumpzilla. What what are your what wait, is your before, ranking? Before we go to Chumpzilla for his ranking, 30. 15. 15. You, you got to make it. You'd never make it as my partner, Rook. But how many, how many I, beers? I don't want to play beach volleyball. I got other no. stuff to do. No, that, that was my answer. 15. 15 the, beers. The sand's too hot. It hurts my toes. That's bullshit. There's yeah. no way it takes 15 <laughs> beers to get through this movie. I don't know. Uh, no, I give it four mostly pain beers. I, I don't what have did, the nostalgia factor that you have, you Thunderous Wizard. <laughs> um, it, it's like a soap opera that had a sports episode. Um, it, I just I had a hard time getting into it. It just didn't really... Aside I was about from, to say, if you, if you did film this two hours south, it would be a Tavella or a, what is it? A, 
Telenovela. 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 Sorry. Telenovela. No. Telenovela. Yes. This is essentially an episode of 90210 where Brandon decides he wants to play pro beach volleyball. Well, I I was asking. I was asking. Maybe like a two two episode arc. Yeah. I was asking Mrs. McCheese about the outfits. She's like, oh, no, this is Saved by the Bell. I was like, oh, I didn't watch that. But yeah, it makes sense. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. This, yeah, Zach Morris would have been totally, totally into this. Like, literally, you could see Dylan McKay. Uh, getting kicked out of his like place on the beach because like he's just not with it anymore and dylan's like no man we got to enter this volleyball tournament he's like just for you dylan just for you and then yeah of course because but uh of course yeah but you know the only thing that really saved this movie for me is uh, peter horton's hair so it's everything um, yeah, that's it. It is everything. Yeah. Can you can you at least designate one beer enjoyment beer to Peter yeah. Horton's hair? I mean, give okay. Give, I will. I, yeah, I'll give the Hort his due. One beer of just pure bliss for that looking dude, at his hair, and that then dude three was living it, man. Wasn't that a book when you hear a Hort a who? Yeah, yeah, something. Um, Horton uh, and then, yeah, the Peter th- Horton's hair. <laughs> when you when you Hort a hear a hairdo. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I guess the three pain beers come from having to watch. See Thomas Howell's five ten frame try to play volleyball. Like oh yeah. my god! Real, it's, real it's, gold medal winning volleyball players. It's there are actually obvious he cannot spike. There are several scenes where he is beyond nipple high over the yeah. the what do you fucking call the thing? The, the net. The net. The and net. I'm, yes. I'm just like, so they're just sending him off a trampoline, then, right? Yeah, well, it, it, I'm sorry, but aren't there yeah. several like bumps over the net? At certain points, let's not they, they, let's not put too much weight. There's on. things that happen in here that would just never happen. Let's not put <laughs> okay. too much weight on the volleyball okay. yeah. trueness yeah. of yeah. this movie. Yeah, no, I won't be a volleyball truther. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so that's going to lead us into our first break, and we're going to hear from our arch rivals, former kings of the beach, the Hop Nation USA podcast. Side out. At the Jose Cuervo Classic. With MetLife Life Insurance. <laughs> Brought to you by Carl's Jr. Brought to you by Courtney Thorne Smith's Zipper Down Bikini. And Little Caesar's Pizza. And Little Caesar's Pizza. Miller Light and Diet Pepsi. And Melted Ice Cubes. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Hello, and welcome back to the 125th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. And we are talking the greatest movie to involve beach volleyball, Side Out. Presented by Jose Cuervo. Presented by Jose Cuervo. There you go, that's better. So we have a few quickfire questions about this movie. Uh, The first being, is this the best tandem sports movie ever made? Now, I realize there's not a whole lot of these. The only ones I could figure out were White Men Can't Jump and Blades of Glory. Can I consider Kingpin again? I already mentioned it, but... That's it's sort of a tandem it, movie. At one point, they are a duo. Yeah. 
I'm going to put Kingpin above this because I love Kingpin. What about uh, <clears throat> The Cutting Edge? Ooh, that's a tandem sports movie, yeah. Which uh, features a former rugby friend of mine, so mm-hmm. that gives it bonus points. I will bring that up any chance I get. But no, hold on. Uh, this is definitely not the best tandem sports movie I've ever seen because there is a clear number one that is even better than Kingpin. Oh, okay. Which is? I'm intrigued. It's not. It's not going to be Ed. Okay. <laughs> well, that's baseball's got you know. There's nine players on the field. In baseball. But uh, <laughs> one. No, monkey. I think this movie reminds me very much of Caddyshack, in its Ooh, format. That, that is a tandem sports movie because they play doubles. Yes. Yeah, and it's a little bit of the, the you know the snobs versus slobs kind of uh-huh. thing. Yeah. Uh, similar similar in that regard, and it comes down to a big tournament at the end. Yep. And uh, yeah, Caddyshack's a much better tandem sports movie, in my opinion. Perhaps the best. See the ball. So, so the litmus test is it's got to be two people on the same team or two stars, and they could be pitted against each other. Well, tandem would be together. But, uh, two- you know what? I'll even say yeah, just like one v one. I mean, that I'm I might give it to Seven Days in Hell. I don't know if you've watched Seven Days in Hell, oh, yeah. but yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. So now that it's like 1v1, does that put over the top into the conversation? Ooh. Ooh. Is, I mean, yeah. is it a sport? In my opinion, yes. There's of course physical activity involved. You have to turn the cap. Yeah. But, I, uh, and you I, can think, throw, I, know, uh, I think I think we got to bring it back into 2v2. Or else what about we're going to open the floodgates. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, there's, 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 there's a team bake. there. There's a team there. I think I'm with Chumpzilla. Do you do, do you do you do drugs, Chumpzilla? Yeah. Every day. Come on. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, oh, you meant? Oh, I, you're doing a movie thing. Yeah. I thought you were just asking. No. Uh, uh, every day. Well, then, what's the problem? Yeah. So I think I'm with uh, you. I think that's your uncle molest collies. Yeah, I think that's the best tandem sports movie. Skinny skiing, going to bullfights on acid. I don't think anything tops that. It's just so good, and it is a it is a tandem sports movie. Yeah. What about Caddyshack too? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's wretched. <laughs> poor, poor Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Uh, number two. Is the opens montage the greatest sports montage ever? And if not, what's your favorite? Does it have to be a sports montage? Yes. Damn it. It's a sports montage. Now, I don't know if I, we're comparing montages well, or sports montages, because if it was montages, I'm going with Team America World Police. I mean, that's yeah, fair. No. It actually references Rocky yes. had a montage. It's in well, the yeah, song. Well, yeah, let's be honest here. Uh, as far as sports-related montages go, or the training montage, Rocky is the most you're memorable, gonna... well-known. I'm not saying they're the best. Rocky Four. Yeah, well, yeah, Rocky Four. Rocky's on fire. You're never going to beat any of the Rocky montages. The the, the, the the run up the steps, the punch in the meat. There's just so many ah, like training yeah. montages in Rocky. It just it's synonymous with those. Even movies. the Creed one is incredible. The Creed one trying is to... just so incredible. Chumpzilla, that's called beating the meat. Beating the meat. I mean, I'm just trying to think of other sports movies that I really like. Well, think like, about I the program s- montage, the training montage, where they're just beating the shit out of each other, like clotheslining each other. I mean, that's but that's it's that's like almost cartoonish. I'm trying to think of like a serious 
non-rocky you know sports montage where i'm like yeah that's super inspiring i'm sure there's something in chariots of fire but it's been so long since i've seen that movie isn't technically top gun isn't that technically a montage and when you say inspiring did this movie make you want to play beach volleyball oh 100 <laughs> percent. if i thought i could spike that would have been what i dedicated like the next 10 to 15 years of my life I mean, it's gonna to be tough when you're five one yeah, you know what? Not five one. <laughs> I, I, I've got it, Thunderous Wizard. I've got it. My favorite sports montage, not the most inspiring, but my favorite was when Doran has to field the ground balls in Major League. Also, just gets the crap knocked out of him. That I mean, is, there are some pretty good montages in in uh, Major League. I think uh, their winning streak in Major League, I'd, I'd put above this. That is one of my favorite sports movies. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's just phenomenal. Like them, like putting together the winds and they're peeling off the sections of the the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that that takes the cake in my book for non Rocky related montages. Now, uh, this will probably you know this goes more to the movie, but how much Jose Cuervo, Jose Cuervo, did you buy after watching this movie? And how much Massimo gear? I spent like three hundred and fifty dollars. I mean, I'm gonna <laughs> field this question honestly. I bought a handle of Jose earlier in this week because they sold out of 1800. And I told you guys before we started the pod, I owned way too much Massimo gear for a guy who never did many outdoor activities as a teenager. <laughs> just please tell me every time you poured the Jose Cuervo after you watched this, you just were like, who needs some Jose Cuervo? You, I told you twice on this podcast, you realized that I went from watching this movie directly into this podcast. So I have not poured any Jose Cuervo yet. Well, let's get on that. Yeah. Like, what and are you doing? also, every I'm, drink, shot I'm drinking wine take. tonight. I'm on, I'm on a wine kick tonight, not a Jose Cuervo margarita kick. Well, when you do get to the Cuervo, oh, every no, I shot will be, you take, I will be yelling it a lot. My. <laughs> Mrs. McCheese is going to be very annoyed. I expect you to wake up Mrs. McCheese with every shot because you're like, side out! (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, hey, I just want you to know, Thunderous Wizard, I got as much Cuervo as I could carry in my hyper-color shirt, like, you know, held up like a pouch. So I just loaded that sucker up and marched right out of the liquor store. I feel like we should all just be wearing neon for, like, the next two months. Isn't that you? Isn't that what we call kangarooing when you carry everything yeah. in the front part of your shirt? Yeah, I pouch that oh, yeah. shit up. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. If I could pouch up a like just a like a clop of Peter Horton's hair in my shirt, I would definitely. Oof. If like I could like rob the barber that cuts his hair. I'm gonna fly to Peter LA. Horton's? I'm gonna fly to LA and find you a Peter Horton wig and force you to wear it. I'd Do you wear know that they actually face, like when they like Jackass Three when they dress up the guy like? <laughs> Do you know in some parts of China they actually use uh, clippings of Peter Horton's hair and in an extract yeah. that they claim yep. gives men mm-hmm. sexual potency? Of course, why wouldn't Makes it? Sense. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's an old. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's an old. Uh, Put a little pound in your pencil, as uh, Jimmy Bobo would say. Yeah, it's an old habit I picked up in South China. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Won't go there. That's an inside joke for to be buried forever. Um, so here's a big question. Would Monroe's Uncle Max, being dressed solely as Bernie, 
the entire film have improved this movie? Here's my answer. So he's in the joggers, right? The joggers. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, we all know where you're going, but here's how I see it playing out. That would be perfect. Uncle Max is a dick bag for up until the court scene where he gets into the fight with the guy who gives him that vague threat of like, oh, you're going to get a malpractice suit. And then we get like a five minute interlude of him being kidnapped in the jogger suit. And then it doesn't, it doesn't explain beyond that. And then boom, we get at Bernie's. Kidnapped, thrown in Wiley's hearse. The next thing you know, he's Bernie. Well, and they don't even have to explain it. They just show him in the same exact outfit yep. and even like the same, you know, the whole same get up, the same haircut, the, everything, just him getting kidnapped by the other like skeezy landlord. And then boom, weekend at Bernie's. That guy yeah. did look pretty mafioso. He did again. Yeah. 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 He seemed I think connected. he's been a mafia guy in movies. I mean, this is a very believable prequel to Weekend at Birdies, considering what Uncle Max is in this movie and who's he related to. No. So what I assume happens is after they win the, the volleyball game, Wiley uh, and Monroe go back to his uncle's place, um, you know, to, to tell him the good news. And they find him like passed out in a giant pile of coke, like at his desk. And, you know, Wiley being like, well, hey, you know, we shouldn't let this awesome house go to waste. Uh, I'm sure he's got a beach house or something like, yep. Yep. Maybe we can borrow one of his cars. And then, yeah, it basically turns into weekend of burns. At that yeah. Point. So the follow-up to that is what if he was doing the Bernie dance? Like what if the Jamaican music subplot came into this movie? Well, yeah, now we're back like, to soul man. Then it's like the greatest movie ever. Right? <laughs> and now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't think you could do it at every scene, but I think towards the transition phase where like, he gets like murdered. if he was just like doing the Bernie through the tournament, and every now and then like you see a set or spike, and he's just behind the crowd. No, <laughs> I think that would I think that would ruin this movie and not set up Bernies properly. But I think if during what Chumzilla just explained in the background music of the mansion was the Bernie song, where they're like, "Where's your uncle?" And yeah. like that, yeah. that yeah. fucking song is playing. The body starts twitching. Like it gives us a perfect leave. segue yeah. into weekend. Okay. Hold on. I got this. It starts to play as they walk the body out towards the garage to the cars. And as they're walking down the long hall to the, to the cars, you know, the, the music gets a little bit louder. It swells. And then they start doing the dance fade to black. And then, you know, it just, it just says that, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, whatever the uncle's name is, uh, we'll return in weekend at Burns. Yes, yeah. Uncle Max will return in weekend <laughs> at Burns. Weekend at Burns. <laughs> Have no fear, audience. Uncle Max will return. Uh, what's, oh. the, what's the most 90s element of this movie? The clothes. The clothes. I'm the jumping clothes in on it right now. Then I, I would I'd put a second towards the music, but some of it isn't as good as I would want it to be for the 90s. It's, they kind of it's, it's very it. period appropriate, but it's not like yeah. quintessential 90s. Yeah, it's not no the, the clothes and like what you imagine in your brain when you hear 90s Hermosa Beach is exactly what they show in every scene. I think the dialogue mm. is super uh, to you guys' point earlier, like cheesy TV 90s. Yeah. He like at one point when he's homeless. His uncle's kicked him out. He's like on the beach, dressed really warmly, eating Doritos. <laughs> it's like, 
He's just hanging out on the beach eating Doritos. Yeah. Well, that's very Zac Efron from Baywatch. Yeah. Well, um, a lot, this this inspired a lot of movies. I like to always think about movies that are inspired by just awful shit like this. And clearly, there's there's some inspiration out there. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think personally for me, it's the lack of people of color. Um, it's kind of jarring. <laughs> no, it's a little insane. For, for a movie it, shot in LA, but I mean, it's, it's but that's '90s sensibilities. Like representation well, was not well, even it was a non-issue. There's a difference between yeah, LA and Hermosa Beach, LA. But they put the one guy in there, like, oh, this this will be cool. Yeah. Like, no, I, I only half kid because I mean that's par for the course. But no, I mean the look of this movie, the fashion, and just the like, the general like goofiness of the tone. It's very nineties. It doesn't I, have any of that eighties grit to it at all. It's very it's, like pre grunge nineties. Its treatment of women is pretty early nineties. Like they're uh, almost universally eye candy, and like the, when you get to the classic, like it's literally half the montage is literally just women in bikinis clapping. Yeah, there's a lot of like, you know, male gaze affirming shots ton, in this movie. Th- like the movie feels like a music video, which makes sense because the sense. director yeah. did music videos, but it becomes a little absurd. Like when I was younger, I didn't notice it. Now when I watch it, it's like, oh. And oh, to me, yeah. that's an <laughs> 80s hangover. That's an 80s hangover. There's tons of cheesecake shots in this movie. I'm calling bullshit. When you were younger, you definitely noticed it and rewound and re-noticed it and rewound and re-noticed <laughs> no. it. Just that that panning just scene after scene of string bikini butts. That is TW just I mean, being like, oh, my parents are asleep. <laughs> when when he says, like, oh my god, these bikinis are like dental floss. And then the movie makes a point to like show you all of these bikinis. It's like, yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, they, there's they, a reason they, why 90s TW was like, this movie rocks. <laughs> yes, because of the montages and the heart and the camaraderie, listeners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well, you know, and, and Daisy Duke was just the cool chick with the Jeep. Yeah. Nothing else going on there. Okay. But no, uh, the other thing I noticed too is they do, they do give the female characters a little bit of depth in this movie, which. Like, you know, Kate, Kate's got a business she's running, but yeah, Kate but has she, some depth, but she's still a sucker for the deadbeat. To yeah, the deadbeat. Yeah. Um, the I mean, other girl should not wind up with Monroe. Let's just be honest. Yeah, I mean, they're not given much agency. It's just like, well, you're the two female co-stars, so you have to fall for the leads for reasons, and the plot yeah, doesn't I mean, even really have to define it. Just it's going to happen. They give Kate something to do. They give Kathy Ireland nothing to do other than be a secretary. And then I can't remember oh her my name. God. Can't remember her name, but Monroe's love interest. Like, it's it's Samantha. Samantha is, Samantha yeah. is th- maybe the worst writing where she's like, You just wait for me to get off work at 2 a.m. And he's like, Yeah. And like he's a go, to, go sure. to my friend's pool. And she's like, That sounds yeah. great. I'm like, it's so, not real life. That's the skeeziest shit of all time. I, I got to point this out now because we skipped over this. Uh, for the record, Kathy Ireland's character's name is Marie. And, I, didn't, uh, I did not know she had a name. I think they use it like twice. Uh, yeah. I had to look it up, uh, but for the record. But anyway, but when they show up for that court scene where Monroe finds the loophole to save Barnes's place, she's dressed up like a goddamn nutcracker. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's wearing like yep. a red velvet suit with like black and gold accents. She looks like she's wearing like a British military coat. That's a. She's like. Uh, she's like one of the 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 guards at Buckingham Palace, without <laughs> yeah. the hat. Without the hat. I'm just like, what the fuck? Uh, All right, moving on. Here's the question of the hour: What becomes of Zach Barnes after he wins the fifty thousand dollars? Well. We've all heard uh, "Wasted Away" in Margaritaville, right? Yeah, I, I, I definitely don't think he pays off any of his debts. No, I think he figures out how to get the fuck out of Dodge, and yep. then we segue this into a different movie. But I can't in my brain think of what that should be. I, it's Major League. I feel like he's Jake Taylor getting the call in Mexico. Like, if you're going to pull this shit, Monroe, at least you're at least say you're from the Yankees. Like he's he's down in Mexico drinking tequila. He's blown all the money. He's looking for a gateway back into beach volleyball. But he's not nearly as cool as Behringer. His hair is better. I mean, it's debatable. He he's like one of my favorite sports movie characters of all time. Yeah. It's really hard for me to not love Zach Barnes. See, I see him more going the Emilio Estevez route and, and like coach and coaching youth volleyball oh coaching youth volleyball i can yeah. see that um, you know there's yeah. so many movies that after after he gets into volleyball some, he gets maybe, arrested for an illegal gambling yeah, you know rating may, and then has maybe, to do his community service maybe he's keanu reeves from hardball you know where eventually the gambling addiction becomes too much and he goes into coaching youth sports and then one of his players gets shot <laughs> that's the thing that happens in hardball <laughs> Wow. Okay. Not seen yeah. that movie. Don't, it took a turn. Okay. It took a turn for the Don't sad. Yeah. And his player is Monroe Clark, who's so <laughs> short he can play with all with all the youth sports players. I mean, I guess because uh, I I guess because I have nothing to link it to. He joins up with a ragtag group of surfers that rob banks, and well, yeah. it ends poorly. So we're going full circle because honestly, that's the way it should be. He should be a bank robber with Patrick Swayze and Kurt Russell and uh, Val Kilmer. All the people with the best hair. Yeah. Yeah. Because honestly, if you replaced half, well, almost everybody in, in Swayze's crew and Point Break with that quartet, you make that quartet, there's zero chance they get caught. No. Zero. Zero, zero chance. Yeah. No, they, well, the, unless uh... they bring J.P. Lozman along. <laughs> jp J- lozman never got intercepted never get caught <laughs> <laughs> great yeah, hair he'd be caught very fast uh so that'll lead us into our second break it's side out timids and looties just kidding it's we're gonna hear from our good pals at the double turn podcast who are sponsored by jose cuervo met life life insurance brought to you by carl's jr <laughs> a little Caesar's pizza. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to the 125th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are on our King of the Beach trivia challenge. 
Gentlemen, we have a standard five question, multiple format quiz. To chime in, either stick with one of our stalwarts, farts and tarts. I'm going to shoot my map of the dead stars. I would say or, volleyball, but okay, sure. Or nice shot, cheese dick. Or Spalding Tattoo. <laughs> I am bummed we didn't talk about that part of the movie where he gets a spike to the back of the neck somehow. It's pretty intense. It's yep. pretty intense. That's where they're getting their asses kicked in the tourney. Yep. When they're, you know, they're not faring so well. Um, that's a wily line. So are we ready? Because, by the way, the winner just simply gets a pair of neon pink Massimo shorts. And, and I mean, I'll win this. And the title, King of the Beach. I'm 100% down for this. Yep. Also, you get Zach Barnes' eviction notice signed by Zach Barnes Ooh. after winning King of the Beach. This may be our best prize package of all time. This is pretty intense. Uh, listeners, if you love this movie as much as I do, you can buy a picture of Peter Horton from Side Out on eBay for $18. <laughs> My bid might make the price go up. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. So wow. I know what to get you as a Christmas present now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Number your, one. Poor, your poor wife. <laughs> yeah. Number one, as mentioned, Side Out essentially was the final financial straw that broke the back of Aurora Productions. They only lasted six movies, by the way. Which Mm -hmm. of these was not one of them? Was it A, The Secret of Nim? Was it B, All Dogs Go to Heaven? Was it C, Eddie and the Cruisers? Or was it D, Maxie? Yeah. Spalding tattoo. Okay, Chumpzilla. I believe it was. Which one was it? Not. Yeah, was it not? Uh, I was going to say C, but I think that's wrong now. It is not C. It is not Eddie and the Cruisers. Damn is it. it? Is it all dogs go to heaven? It is all dogs go to heaven. Uh, the Secret <sighs> of Nim was actually super well reviewed and is actually a really great animated movie. Uh, just mm-hmm. made no money. But the rest of the, they did like two Eddie and the Cruisers movies, by the way. It didn't dawn on me, Trumpzilla, until you said it's not. And I was like, there's no way this studio made All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah. Who, who did make that, Thunderous Wizard? That I don't know, but I mm-hmm. figure that movie made money. I mean, I saw that and the same. Yeah, oh, I saw that a ton. Yeah, was a that, was, that was one of the movies they'd play on VHS at school yeah. when the teachers were hung over. Rock-a-doodle-doo. That was another one. All right, it's one nothing, McCheese. This is unfamiliar territory. No, yeah, I don't. I normally don't get any sort of trivia points. So number two, Stow Close amassed nearly two million dollars over his beach volleyball career and won one U.S. championship and five world championships with Shinjin Smith. That's a uh, Rolo Vincent and his partner. How many total wins did Stoklos finish his career with? Was it A, 112? Was it B, 117? Was it C, 123? Or was it D, 136? I'm going to shoot? McCheese. 136. Incorrect. Okay. Uh, Farts and tarts. I believe A was 110? It was 112. A is 112. What was B? 
117. I'll go, I'm going to go with 112. That is incorrect. It was 123, including <laughs> four Manhattan Beach Opens, which is essentially what the Jose Cuervo class. How the fuck is. would you expect either of us to know that? Well, <laughs> when you got a movie like this, you just got to dig super deep for trivia. <laughs> I, I mean, I appreciate it, but next time make it three answers instead of four because yeah. there's only two of us. <laughs> Number three, the pair of Smith and Stoklos were also featured in the 1988 volleyball video game. What was it titled? Mm. Was it A, Spike Volleyball? Was it B, Dig and Spike Volleyball? Was it C, Beach Spikers? Or was it D, Kings of the Beach? Nice shot, cheese dick. Oh, McCheese. I'm going to go with B. It is not Dig and Spike Volleyball. Fuck. Uh, I'm going to shoot. It's got to be A then. It's Kings of the Beach. Oh, <laughs> you actually use them as characters in the game. Oh, that doesn't sound very 90s, though. I, will, I mean, I figured... Spike volleyball sounds more extreme. I figured you had to put that answer in there to trick us up because we talked about Kings of the Beach the entire movie. These I, didn't are realize, all, I didn't realize that was a reoccurring theme for volleyball people. Yeah, these yeah. are all actual volleyball video games, but I will post... Uh, a video of Kings of the Beach. However yeah. interested you are to see eight bit volleyball video games, so that was an NES game. Yeah, hmm. it's a Kings lot of, of the Beach. Yeah, and they—that's who you used. So, number four, it's uh, still one nothing, right? Still one nothing. Uh, as mentioned, director Peter Israelson directed many music videos, including one for this TV slash movie Tough Guy. Was it A, Mr. T? Was it B, Bruce Willis? Oh, was it C, oh Russell Crowe? Or was it D, Billy Bob Thornton? There's so many answers I want to throw out because of you alone. Oh, no, no, hold on. Um, farts and tarts. Chumzilla. You said tough guy, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so Billy Bob Thornton's thrown out. He's um, sort of a tough guy. <laughs> uh, and then and Bruce Willis and Russell Crowe. I mean... Russell Crowe's got beer muscles, so it's down to Bruno and Mr. T. And you know what? You never bet against Mr. T. I'm going with Mr. T. It is Mr. T. Mr. T. Commandments. Yes. I have the video. I will post it to social. Mr. Oh, T. you have to. Yeah. Is that, uh, is that is that a real thing? Oh, it's it's a real thing. <laughs> okay. What are Mr. T's commandments? Yeah, I need uh, to know now. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's something about loving your mom. There's some other stuff in there. Oh, so taking your vitamins, saying your prayers. So this is we're down okay. to it right now. Who's going to get these pink Massimo shorts and the title of King oh, of the man. Beach plus the signed eviction notice for Zach don't Barnes? You, don't you screw me over, Chumzilla. So Louis, that's Tony Burton's bar in the film, is actually this famous Hermosa Beach landmark. Shit. Is it a the Bottle Inn? Is it B, the Lighthouse Cafe? Is it C, Scotty's on the Strand? Or is it D, Eat at Joe's? I mean, they isn't B what they call it in the movie? Yeah, so... Is it the Lighthouse Cafe in the movie? Yeah, it's the Lighthouse Cafe in the movie. Is it? It is the Lighthouse Cafe. Yeah, when he answers the phone, he answers at the Lighthouse Cafe. Yeah, so that's it. You get no, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna claim that. Oh, yeah, that's, I guess that's a win. <laughs> Which I had in no fact, clue. I'll give it I, to you. I forgot, cheese. but I was like, oh, this is a good one. 
Uh, it's still, <laughs> I was like, there's no way you put the movie name in there or I'm, it's gotta be it. Okay, so this is the better question. Um, Cause you can tie chumps though, there's a bonus. Uh, okay, okay. It is still open, the Lighthouse Cafe. So if you go to Hermosa, look for it. Um, well, hold on, is it is it volleyball themed? No, it's not. They they oh. redid the whole inside. That's why I sort of forgot. Um, okay, so like, there's not the sweet neon yeah, no volleyball no. grass. Okay, yeah, damn, that'd be awesome. Um, here's the bonus: the Lighthouse Cafe also served as a filming location for this controversial 2016 Best Picture nominated film. It's very specific. It's controversial. Stop saying that. You're gonna give him controversial. I'm not going to know it. That's from the before times. Um, it's a musical. What, what was? Don't that? stop giving it. It's not cats. So uh, is it La La Land? It is. It is La La Land. <laughs> Bullshit. That, that, that's been you gave five him clues. Years. Yep. That came out last year. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. Jesus. So La La Land. So it's a tie. So that, that means that, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to give the cheese the shorts. Petition. That, that's okay, a, that's a Jake Gyllenhaal and Amy Smart, right? No, it's no. Um... <laughs> Emma Stone. Oh, no, Allie Laundry. sorry. Emma Stone sorry. and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, um, so McCheese will get the shorts. Neon I'll pink. take that. Um, you guys will split. You'll get each get half of Zach Barnes' signature on the eviction notice. Okay. And uh, yeah, I forget what the other prize was at this point. <laughs> And you'll both get a lock of his hire. Because I have like three bags worth at this point. That makes sense. So that's going to lead us into recommendations. Uh, what do you guys have on tap for this week? We'll start with Chumpzilla. And you cannot recommend La La Land. <laughs> okay. I won't. So I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Norm MacDonald, uh, who we lost this week. Uh, I was always a big fan of his uh, work on SNL. And uh, you know he was known for being a extremely funny stand-up comedian too and a great late show uh, late night talk show uh, guest as well so rip buddy um but he did have a flop of his own so if we ever do another comedy flop series i think my pick would definitely be dirty work uh which came out in 1998 uh it's a pretty low brow kind of fart and dick joke adam sandler style uh, uh comedy but extremely, I will say I, I, say I fucking love that movie. Uh, yeah, but I've but never seen better so many, than I've never seen so many dead hookers in all my life. Lord <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, but it's like that style of the the at the '90s Adam Sandler movies, but it's like R-rated. <laughs> like, um, and it was directed by Bob Saget, oddly enough. Yep, uh, and they were yeah, very got, good friends. Yep, yeah, good buddies. In fact, yeah, uh, you know, I guess Bob discovered uh, Norm. Uh, in the audience of one of the shows uh or at least they made friends that way but yeah it stars norm mcdonald Artie wang chevy chase shows up don rickles uh you get a couple of uncredited cameos from adam sandler and uh, chris farley as well i think chris farley's brother's in it too oh but yeah God. check it out chris farley's uh, incredible and in dirty work i think you can get it on hulu and hbo if dirty Max. works a flop we need to do that oh, very a, soon it was a total yeah. flop yeah, it made we like should, no we should we do it. We should squeeze that in at the end of Flop Ball Month. Yeah, it, yeah, it made uh ten million bucks on thirteen. 
Um, but yeah, you can check it on HBO Max if you if you're signed up for that, and then it's for rent for like three or four bucks on most of your other services. So if you've never seen it, check it out. It's worth seeing. Uh, yeah. Uh, to go along with that, I Bill Simmons just had on. Uh, I guess Norm's producer, longtime friend. It's a really great interview. Just talking about Norm. He sounded like an awesome dude. Uh, obviously, he brought us all a shitload of laughs and that was our generation of snl he was our weekend update guy it was just kind of a it was kind of a real shitty day he wrote a i mean i'm listening to it now and it's more jokey than it is real he wrote a autobiography in 2016 which would have been during his cancer treatments because now we all know it was like nine years on but I mean, the book is very Norm. And if you like Norm MacDonald and the fact that like it's not going to be totally based in reality and there's going to be a lot of like very long, dry jokes, the book is very good. I mean, if you like it, that is, uh, I would recommend it. I think it's called uh, Based on a True Story by Norm MacDonald. It's definitely worth a listen. And then the other thing I love, and I'm, He's actually uncredited for it, but he was in the original Deuce Bigelow, and it's where Rob Schneider orders a drink and then tries to send it back. And he's like, "See this swizzle stick? I'm gonna pay you my thirteen fifty. I'm gonna yep. shove it up your pee hole." Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, listener, I have to correct myself here because now that I actually look into it, I always assumed Dirty Work was an R-rated comedy. It was not. The studio really? cut it down to a PG-13. I thought it was R2. But it felt R-rated because they talk about dead hookers and a prostitute cutting off Chris Farley's nose in Shanghai. She bit it off, yeah. Bit Saigon, off. Saigon, Saigon, Saigon whore. Saigon whore. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, whatever. Uh, you oh, bet against yeah. Rocky in the rematch in Rocky 3? They give you great odds. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to watch that uh, movie again. It's been yeah. too long. Um, I saw Norm live in 2011 he was great he was winding obviously dry sarcastic wit but he would like start a joke and pick it up 30 minutes later it was incredible he was a great stand-up comedian if you like stand-up comedy go back watch some of his stuff if you like the weekend update stuff go back and watch all that because uh he was awesome. I mean, the whole reason he got fired from Saturday Night Live is because he hit the O.J. Simpson shit too hard, and they didn't like that. NBC didn't like that. But and, he was and his best the truth, yeah. So. And his best O.J. joke was at the ESPYS. Oh yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, it, it's classic. I I don't want to butcher it, but he's talking about the Heisman Trophy uh, winning Charles Woodson. It's Charles Woodson, yeah. And he drop he drops a hilarious O.J. Simpson joke that like equal parts makes the audience laugh and then like groan like in horror. <laughs> like, I mean, there's there's or, also a groan and recoil in horror because it's it's just right on the nose. Yes. Um, and don't forget he's also great uh in the celebrity jeopardy sketches as Burt Reynolds. Oh, as yeah. Ferguson. All of his SNL stuff's great. I mean another great source that everyone's throwing up on social media is if you go and find any of his little like five minute clippers from Conan O'Brien like he killed it on Conan. Yes, he yeah. he literally went on Conan's uh, when Conan got booted from what was it NBC? 
Oh my God, that was so incredible. Do you, hey, yes, you see the yeah. clip where he he brought Conan a gift basket and he's like, oh, and it was I, late. I, it was late, I bought late, this yeah. when you got the show, so I have yeah. a card. And he read the card and it was for Conan's first day. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's getting fired the next, because literally that was Conan's last show that Norm was on. And it, the whole card is like, there's no way they can ever find a better host in history. The yeah. geniuses at NBC have made the best decision ever. <laughs> yeah. It's uh he did the moth joke on Conan. Mm. Just look it up. Like there's so much he's like a great YouTube guy. Well, yeah. I mean a lot of that is a lot of that is you're not going to find a ton of his shit on um social media cuz like he would go to the comedy store and whatnot and uh other places and just do like random sets and if you didn't know norm you would be uncomfortable if you knew his comedic style you'd be dying but like people who saw him on like conan knew exactly what he was there for like super long drawn out ridiculous jokes that you had to be involved in or else like you didn't feel like you understood it yeah he uh famously i guess he's like david letterman's favorite comedian but Rest in peace, Norm. You brought us all an immense amount of laughs, and uh, we'll miss you. Penis mightier. Yeah. My recommendation is sort of tying back into SNL, which is only Murders in the Building, which is a whodunit uh, show on Hulu starring two of my favorite people and comedians, Steve Martin and Martin Short. It's very funny. Uh, essentially, it's two aging curmudgeons, uh, team up with a young girl played by selena gomez and try and solve a murder that happened in their condo complex in new york city i think it's a phenomenal show it's very funny i love steve martin i love martin short steve martin wrote the show yeah he's great i think you'll really enjoy it it's it's a very very funny show um remember you can find our show on facebook twitter and instagram at hops and Bo flops you can find myself at writer tlk you can find the absent Captain Cash at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social media. You can find Chumpzilla on Twitter at Chumpzilla8 and Mary Cheese at HBF McCheese on Twitter. We're also found on Wobam Entertainment at WomanEntertainment.com. Be sure to check that out. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. We've got a a lot of exciting stuff coming up post sports ball flops. We've got attempted franchise flops. We've got some sort of Halloween flops. I forget the name of it. We've got hometown flops, meaning movies that were shot or based in our hometowns and more Christmas shit. Cause there's always Christmas flops. And honestly, you could start those whenever, because that seems to be the trend. You just start playing Christmas music whenever it's terrible. Um, in the end, It's not about winning or losing. It's about taking a side. That's a tagline for this movie. It makes zero sense, but I think it's solid advice. (laughs) There's a lot of random advice in this movie that I don't know is solid advice, but it's there. It makes zero sense, that tagline. But we'll (laughs) see you next week for the third entry in our Hobson Sportsball Flops, the baseball-playing chimpanzee extravaganza. Ed. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Christ. Wait a minute. Damn you, Captain Cash. 50. 25.
We'll yep. We'll see you next time. What's happening? <laughs> Remember, it's what he does in the first part where he asks him. Yeah, like, about a baker's dozen. <laughs>